Good morning, good morning. God bless you today. Thank you again for joining with us once again here on 30 Steps to Success in Life. You know, these 30 steps are not designed to make us successful in 30 days, but they are designed to be put into our life. And as we employ these elements of success to bring us along a predictable pathway so that we can make sure that we end up being successful like God intends for us to do. You know, I've told you before, success is predictable. It was predicted by God. Read Deuteronomy 28 and you can see that God predicted that some people would have success, that some people would do well, that they would end up being blessed in their basket, blessed in their store, blessed in their house, blessed in the field blessed in their checkbook, blessed in everything they put their hand to because they observed to do what God required them to do. They followed him. They did his will. He laid out a course. They changed their life to look like what he wanted them to look like, to act like what he wanted them to act like, to speak things that he wanted them to speak. And he said it would bring them to a place of blessing, that blessings would come on them and overtake them if they would just do what he said do. React to life. Respond to life like God intended for us to. Not only is success predictable, but also success is achievable. I want you to realize that one of the reasons why I really believe in what we're doing here in these 30 days is because I know that success, well, first of all, nowhere in the Bible does it say success is a gift. God didn't say, well, 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 to some I'm going to give the ability to teach, and to others I'm going to give the ability to preach, and, 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 and to others to be evangelist, and, and to some they're going to have the ability to have compassion, and, and, and for others they'll have gifts of healings and, and working of miracles, and to some I'm going to give a gift of success. He didn't say that. There is no gift of success. Success is, however, achievable, predictable and achievable. And success is a performance-based outcome. Success is based on what we do, whether you're born again or not. Even the wicked prosper. And marvel not when the wicked prosper. Why? Because many times the children of this world have found out what to do, and they just do it with such alarming habit that over and over and over they find themselves successful. In fact, many of the, uh, of, of, of the most successful people of our day are not really connected to an altruistic motive or to some Christian uh, hope or to some vision or dream. They merely have some elements that they have put in their life and they're not doing it for Jesus. They're not doing it for any good reason other than self-exaltation. However, their success is predictable and their success is achievable because they have learned what to do and they have made themselves do it over and over and over. They've made it a habit, just a habit to do the things that make them successful. Now, we have so far covered seven and today is the eighth step. The first three steps being the foundations of what we do. Dream, meditate, declare. You know, we get a purpose, then we get a plan. And then we begin our pursuit. Now that's enough to get you up and out of bed, to get you up, to get you out, and to, and, 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 and to get you on the road to success. However, you will encounter things for the rest of your life that are going to be challenges to you, that are going to be things that come up and try to say, I'm sorry, but you can't go any farther, or you don't know what to do here, or else something unexpected will happen. And if you're not watchful, it will debilitate you, it will destroy you, it will derail you, it will, it, it will confuse you, it will, it will cause you to get depressed, and you'll get disillusioned, and you'll stop the progress of success. And you can sit there waiting on your next step, and your next step is going to be the next step 
no matter when you take it or if you never take it. The next step is always the next step. And everybody is ready for their next step no matter where you are. You're ready for your next step. But these elements that we're talking about, once we have the first three foundational uh, principles down, these steps that we employ in our life are meant to last us a lifetime. We should change ourselves. We should renew our mind and change ourselves, go through a process of transformation to make ourselves habitually the way that we have been describing. You know, the, the, the fourth principle that we talked about, the fourth step, the fourth key was relationship. We ought to be habitually taking care of relationships and making relationships. And then there was presentation. We ought to be habitually presenting ourselves to people in, in such a way that we are promotable to give God something to work with. And then step number six was participation. You remember how important it is to get up to get over it and to get back in the game, to stay in the game, participate, not sitting over in the corner sulking somewhere, not sitting over in the corner upset and mad because it didn't go the way you wanted to go, but getting back into the game, participating like Joseph. He served where he was. And then step number seven we talked about yesterday was character, how important it is that we just not have a presentation, that we not just develop a charisma that somehow opens up a door or somehow makes people have good first impressions about us, but I, I hope that we not only make first impressions, but lasting impressions. It's our hope that, that, that we can not only impact someone and, and, and convince them, or, 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 or sometimes it seems like some people fool you into believing they're one way, and later on you find out there's some other way. Why? Because the presentation was all that it was. It wasn't, it wasn't based on any character. Don't believe everything that someone tells you when you first know them. Walk with someone long enough for them to impress you at least once, depress you at least once, and then walk with them for another six months or seven months, eight months or a year, and then you can turn around and look back on that time together and see if these are the kind of people that have gone through the ups and downs with you that are lasting, that they have some character and not just charisma, because charisma can be very, very deceptive. Today we're approaching our eighth step, okay? This is the brand new week. Our eighth step to success. And today, our word for the day is humility. Everybody say humility. 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 Now, now this, this type of humility that I want to talk about is the humility that is the opposite of pride or being prideful. It's this type of humility. It's not, the, it's, it's not necessarily the quiet and the meek spirit. It's the humility that comes to a person by choice often when they have gone through a humiliating circumstance. What do you do whenever you have been embarrassed, when you have been humiliated, when you have been brought low? What happens? You see, the Bible says all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is an enemy of God. It, it's at odds against God, the pride of life. That means that, that Greek word life is bios. It means basically livelihood, the pride of who we are and what we do, the pride of, 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 of being who we are. You know, we work hard in every area of life, in every, in, in every little uh, uh, place, in every hamlet that people are, no matter what workplace they are in, no matter what scenario or situation they are in, people work trying to be promoted. And even in small areas and in small groups, groups of people. People are promoted up some ladder, as a, up, up some chain of respectability. And often, if we're not watchful, whenever things happen that take away our, our, our visibility of respectability, then if we're not watchful, we can let that destroy our lives. Such was the case with Joseph. 
something tried to destroy Joseph's self-image. It tried to take him out. It tried to make him respond pridefully and become angry and bitter at life and just decide that what's the use? Why try? Every time I get up, I just, just get knocked back down again. And it's wrong. It's wrong. In Genesis, the 39th chapter, this is right after Joseph had, had displayed his character. I'm not going to compromise my integrity. I'm not going to sin against God, even if no one else knew but me and you. He was talking to Potiphar's wife. I'm still not going to compromise my life. I have character. Yes, I have charisma, but I have character. Yes, I look valuable. Yes, I look like something that you might, uh, you know, you, 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 you might want. However, deep within my heart, there is a substance in my life called integrity, and I will not compromise it. Well, right after that, you know that she lied to her husband Potiphar and said that he had tried to rape her. Said, Joseph tried to rape me. Well, in Genesis 39, verse 20, the Bible said, then Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were confined, and he was there in the prison. Wow, what a humbling experience it must have been. And the choice was Joseph's. Do I respond out of humility? Do I respond out of anger? Do I respond out of resentment? Do I let this make me bitter? I have been treated wrong. I have been demoted. I have been fired. I have been lied about. I have been falsely accused. I have been wrongfully imprisoned. What am I going to do? Well, we know what Joseph did. He humbled himself. That's something no one else can do. It's a choice. He humbled himself, and God began to exalt him right there in the prison, right there in the difficult situation, right there in the midst of those who could have been pointing fingers at him and laughing at him and jeering him. Oh, you thought you were somebody. You see, you never were anything more than just a slave. See, you never were anything. Those people don't care for you. They don't like you. Oh, you thought you were somebody because you were, you were over in charge of all of, of Potiphar's stuff. You never were anything. You were always just a slave. You're, you're never going to amount to anything. They, they, they could, and often they do, especially in these situations, point their fingers and laugh and jeer. And it can be embarrassing to fail. It can be embarrassing to get demoted. It can be embarrassing to get fired. It can be em embarrassing to get replaced. It can be embarrassing when things that you once hoped and dreamed and held to and was a source of, 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 of joy and refreshing in, in an otherwise very dry desert are taken away from you. Joseph shows us what to do. Why? Because Joseph is a man that's on his way somewhere. He had a dream. He considered the dream most likely all of his life and pondered on it. He declared it. He depended on this dream to be fulfilled. And then he began. He began trusting God every step of the way. And a part of trusting God is that when we have to start over, we just start over. Okay? That's what he had to do. It can be hard to start over. Pride will do its best to keep you from starting over. 
with energy, with vigor, with vitality, with inspiration, with hope, with joy, with all the things you started with in the beginning. You know, here Joseph finds himself in a very difficult situation. But the truth is, is that how a person handles the false accusations, the demotions, and failures of life will determine if they overcome them or if they are overcome by them. This could have been Joseph's nail in his coffin. It could have been his epitaph. He did run well, but something hindered him. That's what the apostle Paul, you did run well, Galatians. What did hinder you? There are all kinds of things that come to hinder us, but on this road to success, listen to me now, humility is a step to success. Why? Because God resists the proud, but he gives more grace to the humble. God exalts the humble. Humble yourself in the mighty hand of God, and he will exalt you in due time. Humble yourself. It is a, it's a choice. We can react with anger, with bitterness, with resentment, or most often with fear. Just afraid. It might come out as anger or resentment, but it's, it, it could be embarrassment or hurt or fear because we're no longer who we used to be. Humility is a choice. At times like this, we must wait on God. But you know, what you do while you are waiting often determines how long you wait. What you do while you are waiting on God most often determines how long you wait. Why? Because God will exalt you in due time. In due season, you will reap if you faint not. Don't faint in the day of adversity or your strength is small. You have to undergird yourself and gird up your loins with humility and realize that, yes, other people may not think much of me at this time, but I know in my heart who I am and where I'm going. And I'm just going to just go ahead and, and, and just, just start again. I'll start right where I am. You, you know, one of the points that I have shared through the years is, is, is something that has a little humor to it. But, but, but listen to this. Think things are bad now? Trust me. You can make them worse. Okay? If things are bad now, listen, trust me. You can make them worse. Don't allow pride and anger, resentment, bitterness, frustration, embarrassment, fear. Don't let those things captivate you and make you what they want you to be. Choose in times of embarrassment, in times of demotion, in times of failure, in times of firings, in times whenever you were here and you're brought low, whether it was your fault or not, choose to humble yourself and begin again right where your feet hit, even if it's in the place of Joseph being wrongfully imprisoned. You see, no man can change your destiny. God can, don't make him mad. But no man can change your destiny. God is in control. Your future is set. And you have to tell yourself that this is not the end of me. Today is not my, my, my end. I'm going to a better place. I have not yet seen my greatest day. We have to gird up our loins. Why? Because success is predictable. And success is achievable. And we must humble ourselves when faced with situations that we cannot change. Situations we did not want. Situations we do not deserve. Or situations even that we caused. We must talk to ourselves. 
We have got to convince ourselves that the best place for us to be is humbly in the hand of God, offering to God every day to do with this situation what he will. God has a plan. And it may take you through something to get to something, through something you don't want to get to something you do want. And when those unexpected embarrassments of life come, choose, don't choose pride, choose, don't choose anger, choose, don't choose resentment, choose, don't choose isolation, choose, choose to humble yourself and serve. Let's all say our confession together this morning. Are you ready? Our Overcomer's Confession. For those of you on the net, you can download this confession at www.cotr.com. You ready? Let's read it together. Through Jesus, my Lord, I am more than a conqueror. I have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God. My spiritual eyes are being opened so that I can understand my calling, the wealth of my inheritance, and the kingdom power available to me. I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. No unclean or impure thought can captivate my mind. No sickness or disease has a right to my body. No unholy spirits can seduce or deceive me. The Word of God is my meditation and my answer. I commit myself to God. He causes my thoughts to become agreeable with His thoughts. Because of this, everything I put my hand to will prosper. God has a plan for my life. He will succeed, and I am going to participate. What can you do about your day today? Listen, pray for those who persecute you and despitefully use you or falsely accuse you. Give God space and time to work. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. He will exalt you in due time. And when you can't do anything else, listen to me, saints. Don't make it worse. When you find yourself in a situation that you cannot change, even by false accusation, wrongful imprisonment, embarrassing as it may be, difficult as it may seem, don't make it worse. Gird up the loins of your mind. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Don't allow those things which humiliate you to debilitate you because that's their desire. Romans 8, 37 says, Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. James 4, 6 says, Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Make sure that you are a candidate, always a candidate for the grace of God. That's what took Joseph from the place where he was to the place where he wanted to be, to the place that he dreamed of, to the place that God needed him to be. What took him from here to here was he continued to respond, continued to react to life just like God wanted him to. This morning, I challenge you, make sure that as you offer yourself to God, you give him enough to work with. Let humility be the grace of your life. God bless you. I love you. See you tomorrow.